Hey, we, we, we are so glad that you're here. We have um, this amazing group of people that we, we want to have a conversation. And the conversation will be around this thing of what we learned during lockdown. Um, how many of you have experienced a season like no other season before in this last couple of years? Uh, we have, as, as a culture, as a society, as, as uh, here in America, we have um, as individuals, as families. But I think there's something very unique that the church experienced that we experience as believers, as a family of God, as children of God. And so we want to just have a conversation about that. So I'm, I'm going to introduce this amazing group of people. So this is Charlotte Bender. You guys can say hi, Charlotte. So, so Charlotte and Marlon, um, they led Radiance Church in Commerce City, um, Colorado. Um, they are on eldership still, but have handed the church over to their son, Josiah, who's leading um, the church now. And so um, they've been in ministry for... Um, quite some time, and uh, as uh, 1979, okay, I, I wasn't going to put you out there like that, but awesome, hallelujah, yeah, add a girl, <laughs> yeah, so there is some wisdom on the stage, uh, and as you heard, some power on the stage too, yes, for sure, for sure, um, so hi Charlotte, um, this is Terry, pa Terry Barr, um, we, 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 <laughs> He had some booze out here. I don't know what's happening. Uh, so the, um, she is the counterpart, and he would say better half. Um, Steve's best friend, uh, Terry Barr. She is a mother, a, a, a grandmother. She, um, both of these um, women serve on the NCMI team. Um, she is a lawyer, and she is, is also a powerhouse. And they recently, as you heard earlier, lead, led Westside Church for 21 years, have handed over to Joseph and Emily, and they're now um, based in One Life Church in Houston, but serve on this translocal team that we uh, partner with. So, cool. Um, this is Joel Daniel. And so, yeah. So, so so Joel is, is, is a leader at uh, Redemption City Church in Westminster, Colorado. Uh, he is also uh, um, one, of, one of the new school on, on the NCMI team. And so um, he has some, some young perspective that I, I really believe all generations need to be tuned into because they aren't the future church. They are the church that the Lord is building with now. We um, are so glad that you're here, Joel. Uh, and this is Chris Smith. And so Chris Smith is affectionate. Chris Smith is affectionately known in Mexico as Robocop. So just so you guys, just so you guys, just so you guys know, um, Chris Smith led uh, South Coast Church in San Clemente uh, for, for many years, has um, relocated up at Redemption City, uh, serves on the NCMI team uh, with, with Tyron, and also is an elder at Redemption City Church. And his wife Cheryl and their two boys are, are doing amazing up there. And so... Uh, this is our panel, uh, tons of wisdom, tons of life, uh, tons of perspective. And so we are going to get into this conversation. You guys cool with that? All right, cool. So I saw some questions to them, and I'm hoping um, that these will be great provokers for us today. So um, the first thing I wanted to uh, start off with, and Chris has the, the mic, so maybe we'll just start there, is so we understand that much was lost. I think we can all agree with that, that much was lost during the pandemic. I mean, if you just, you just think about um, all of the things that we have had to do without, all of the things that we realized was not necessary, all the things that was stripped away, much was lost. But I, I wanted to ask this panel, what was gained in, in this last 18, two, two, 18 months, two years? What was gained? I think there's a lot of focus on, hey, this is what we were missing. This is what we had to do without. But what would you guys say that you have seen, that you've gained, or maybe that we have gained. So start with you. Yeah. I think one word is perspective, <laughs> good, bad, or otherwise. But you really, uh, you really start to appreciate you know, the, the simple things, family, time together, those things that you have more of. Sure. You start to get an idea of how big and small your house is because you're in it all the time. But uh, I think through the time, just spending time together and obviously you know, being there on the team and also uh, part of the leadership of the local church was just the urgency of the time we have because everything stopped. Yeah. You know, when there's a momentum going, you're just caught up in the momentum and you just carry on. But suddenly when it all stops, 
you get a chance to observe it, to look at it, to see what it is you've been a part of, and to just realize we were caught up in getting on with things but missing the point. And so I think for me, just the urgency has just stirred in me since the lockdown of, and that is a gain because the urgency gets us focused on the right things and giving ourselves to the right things, um, putting aside the other stuff that we can't do anymore and getting on with that, which we need to do more than ever, more than ever. Yes. Yeah. Can I go? Yeah, I think similar for me too was, I, I think you look around and we've had the privilege of being able to travel a bunch too and you go to a lot of partnering churches around the world or around the U.S. right now, but, but there's been a deep maturing that's taken place. It's like, I, I don't think I've ever seen a season before where the church has been exposed as much, mm. but in, in and through that, it's like the maturing the becoming more like Christ that has taken place in this season in, in all, within our togetherness and, and in my life and I'm sure your life too. It's just the maturing of what, are, what were we running with that God wasn't calling us to run with? You know what I mean? What were we doing in our own strength or for our own selves or for our own glory or to make our church look good or to make ourselves look good? And I think we've really just come back in this season to becoming mature, becoming more like Christ, and really the King and His kingdom, the gospel to all nations and the Great Commission, we've come back to, that is what matters and nothing else can take that place at all. And, and, and when it does, we, we, it's almost like the past two years was just a waste of time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you think about it, it's like we, there were so many lessons that we've learned and I think the maturing that's taken place in and through it all, that's what's been gained the most in and through local churches and certainly in my own life. Yeah, awesome. Do you want to keep on this? Yeah, we'll start off with this okay, one. Okay, because I, I definitely want to answer the next one. Okay, okay. yes, ma'am. <laughs> um, for me, I think um, an opportunity to evaluate yeah. um, the fluff and versus the priorities yeah. in, in my life and in our church's life and what are we doing uh, what are the important things that we want to continue doing? And, um, um, yeah, just getting a, a new perspective and spending, having more time and to be able to um, get back to priorities and, um, and do the things that we know that we're called to, spend more time with the Lord. For me, what I gained is God had my undivided attention. <clears throat> I turned off the news because it made me depressed. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm not, not really, but I mean, it was so depressing what yeah. was going on. But I, I think that for me, the clarity of his voice was even more clear. Mm. And um, he literally showed me where we were at. Mm. Because what we do, we, do defa- we default to what we've always done. Yeah, it's true. And my default is we just run the race. You know, we're running. We're running towards Jesus. And uh, the Lord, I, I remember exactly where I was, and I was sitting and asking him, Lord, what are, what are we really in? And how do we respond to what we're in? Yeah. We can wish it was different. You can wish it was winter, mm. or you could wish it was summer, but you're in a certain season. And if you try to wear a coat in winter, you're going to sweat, man. I mean, in summer, you're going to sweat. And if you try to wear a bikini in winter, you're going to freeze. Good Lord. I would never wear a bikini anyway, but <laughs> that would not be a pretty sight. But yeah. the thing is this, guys, is yeah. that if we can read the season, yeah. then we'll be able to navigate it. For sure. I was trying to run. Yeah. And we, you know... Tyron says this a lot. We say this a lot in our stream. But every decision is a spiritual one. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. Every decision is a spiritual one. But we Mm. often do what we think is right in our own heart. And the results are disastrous. But in this season, it could mean something like dying Mm. and going prematurely to heaven And I don't know about you, but I want to finish. I want to be here for what's coming, guys. And so reading the season was really important. And one of the the greatest revelations for me that came out of that was he showed me a minefield. And he said, Charlotte, 
you are going to, and the leaders are going to have to navigate through a minefield, mm. which means every step mm. needs to be prayed about. Yeah. And everywhere you step, and it has changed my life because I see people making crazy decisions right now in crisis. They're leaving states like this beautiful state of California, and they might be called here, but because of the political situation, they're making a spiritual decision that is not to be made because of political climate or because of winds of change. Moving clear across the country because they wanna be in a conservative or they want to be in a liberal or they want to be in this state mm. that's craziness guys wow. we follow the king of kings and the lord of lords and every season no matter what comes and every step is crucial yeah, that's and it's changed the way that i'm living and i'm thankful for it and grateful awesome awesome yeah you can have terry hold it i think when we think about those things that the lord wanted us to gain when he is stripped away, our tendency is to want to pick up those things that we lost. And, and friends, we have to fight against that. Those things that the Lord has taken away, we have to be discerning on what those things that he stripped away and not go back like a dog goes back to his vomit to pick up those things. We have to let them die, let those things be so that we can continue to run with what he has given us to carry. So for sure. Well done. Um, two, Terry, I'll start with you. Um, the lockdown exposed so much. Mm -hmm. It exposed so much. You just think of cultural, uh, culturally uh, exposed so much about the church, yeah. exposed so much about us as individuals. Yeah. Um, what are some of the hard things that you experienced during this exposure? Okay, so individually, I uh, was, uh, had a revelation of my capacity for hatred. <laughs> I got angry and bitter over what was happening and uh, just just hatred over all of this. And, um, and when you try and put that on people, like not anybody in the church, not anybody that I personally knew, but trying to put it on, you know, people on the news. And um, that's not where it belongs, right? That's not going to do anything. And our hatred needs to be toward the enemy and fighting the enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy and who wants to take every single one of us off track right. and um, derail us, kill us, um, uh, take us away from the call of God on our life, take us away from our faith, take us away from believing in God. And we, we saw that over and over and over. Um, people just walking away. So, um, yeah, so I'm like, wow, I can really hate. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, that, that, that exposed that, and I, and I began to see that, you know, it's not, it's not people, it's not flesh and blood, like the word said. It's not flesh and blood, but it's powers and principalities in high places. And so I put my um, anger in the right place. And even other people who don't, you know, who don't have the same opinion, like culturally, you know, there's a lot of division. There's a lot of people that, you know, I mean, so divisive and so our country is so polarized. I mean, if you believe this, people hate you. If you believe this, people hate you. And they're not going to come back in the middle. And uh, so we as Christians, we need to be the light and we yeah. need to love every single person. It doesn't yeah. matter doesn't matter um, if they have a different opinion. We can sit down with them and, and say, how are you doing during this time? And not get involved in angry, bitter conversations and not going there because we put up walls, right? Yeah. Every time we disagree with somebody, we have a different opinion, we put up a wall. And to get over that wall to share Jesus is probably we've made it impossible because of what we've shared, right? Um, I have very strong opinions, and very, and I think that I'm right. <laughs> but um, but what needs to speak louder, so much louder, is Jesus. That's worth fighting for. So we have to choose our battles. And um, yes, we vote, and yes, we speak up for the unborn, and we speak up for what's right and what's wrong when it's biblical. But um, but we love people, and we try and stay away from those things, and um, we need to be passionate 
about the gospel and, and sharing Jesus with people. And there is so much opportunity to share Jesus right now. And um, so you, sorry, I'm going on and on, but, <laughs> but I think that we need to be so intentional right now with our time and what we give ourselves to. So we can share with somebody and they put up a wall. It's like, you know, they're not going to have anything to do with us. Walk away. <laughs> Don't spend your time there because there's other people who are soft and open and ready. Go where and speak to and give your time and attention to the people that are open and ask God for open doors. And he's going to give them to you. I mean, we ask him for divine appointments. Open up your eyes. He's going to give you divine appointments. You just begin to share something, you know, like, what are you going to do this weekend? You know, they always ask you that at the bank, right? What are you doing this weekend? Well, I'm going to go. I'm going to church. We've got some awesome meetings. Have you been to this church? And do you know Jesus? And, you know, I mean, you could see if they're, if they're going to be open. And they might just say, oh, and turn around and, you know, finish. And then it's like, okay, you know, closed door. But there are open doors. And uh, we need to be intentional about using this time to uh, bring people in the kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> um. No, I'll, I'll, I'll chime in just a bit. You know, as serving uh, as an elder in a minority church, primarily a minority church, it was very easy to give myself to some of the, the fleshly things when we get exposed because I felt like I had to protect my people, you know, especially during a crazy season. And I had to be reminded about Jesus's leadership. Man's leadership is, is vertical, right? It's left and right. Jesus is, I mean, horizontal. Jesus's leadership is vertical. He, he serves in two ways. First on earth, he, he served from below, right? He, he washed feet. This is Jesus's style of leadership. Secondly, he served from above because he reigns and he, this is where God has seated him. And so he didn't, he didn't, he didn't have allegiances this way. Right. He said from above and from below. And I think we need to learn that style of leadership, because if we're leading this way, we're going to give ourselves to flesh. Right. We're going to. And, and, but if we're leading this way, we're going to give ourselves to spiritual things. And so a lot of lessons learned. I mean, we, we have to love and protect the people that God has called us to. But it has to be in the vein of the kingdom. Um, and so that's definitely one of the things that. Um, one of the hard things that I had to learn because I'm very easily passionate about the people that God has called me to serve and will pull out a big stick anytime I need to, to, uh, to protect them. But I think we really have to understand how Jesus leads and what that meant to us. So cool. Hey, let's go to number three real quick. Um, maybe, um, I believe, I believe that you all carry a shepherding gift in, in the lives of your church. Maybe Chris, you can kick off with this as shepherds. Uh, what has been the most difficult thing for you in this last season, leading people, caring for people in the church during a pandemic, during a lockdown, what's been the hardest thing for you in concern for the people that, that you've experienced um, in this season? Yeah, I mean, I think our lack of connectedness in reality, you know, we were so used to the Sunday morning hellos and how you doing, I'm good. But we found out we really weren't connected when people couldn't leave their homes. Um, we hadn't built well enough to be connected across the board. People were struggling, people were suffering, and we'd find out too late. People left the church because no one knew they had COVID. And it wasn't a reflection on them, it was a reflection on us. Uh, so as a shepherd, it was heartbreaking to know that people that should have been with us, were meant to be with us, left because we failed to make sure that there was a way to love and a way to care regardless of circumstances. Because again, we relied on something that was a Sunday morning gathering rather yeah. than family and connectedness. There were a lot of things, you know, there were a lot of things during this time that were extremely difficult. Um, there was tremendous financial pressure. We lost 85% of our budget one month, and second month, and third month, and how's God gonna provide? But I think the exciting thing was I could see Josiah shaking, his knees shaking, you know. And I was just like, son, been here before. We're going to get through this. We don't know how, but we're going to get through this. God is not surprised. He's on the throne. He's going to take care of us. God has been so faithful. <clears throat> but 
the hardest thing for me personally was that my mother's day program was shut down. I was caring for my mother who was 89 years old and with dementia. And I went from being caring for her just, you know, in the evenings and then I would just have to cover those to caring for her the whole time. And it was, it was really, really hard. But the Lord really showed me that that is just as important as going to the nations. My mother passed away last year, and it was time that I would never have had. And God is faithful. She died at home with her family around her. It was wonderful. It was beautiful. If you've never been with anyone who died and loved the Lord, it's the most beautiful experience. But it was a very hard thing um, because I, I never could hand her off. My husband stepped up. Our community stepped up. The people from the senior house stayed with her. They loved Miss Edna. She danced till the end. And I was thinking, oh, my goodness, what if I had put mom in a home? What if I had, I wouldn't have been able to see her. I wouldn't have, and they were dying. The people at the senior home were dying because they were alone. And, you know, the way, the way that we care for the elderly and our older people is important to the Lord. Yeah. I realized that Absolutely. just as much as it was important. And I saw our community care for my mother. I, yeah. I, we stepped up as a community um, and just helping me because she'd wander and do, oh, she went to the neighbors. She got out and escaped one day. And they all knew, all the neighbors knew grandma. <clears throat> but why do I say this is that sometimes God's value systems if we really look at scripture, are different than ours. They are very communal in nature. And we need to begin to look at the, we're very individualistic. And we look at everything through the lens of our individual calls. Instead of seeing what Steve preached, we need to get that tape and listen to that. Because that is so true, especially in our context. And, um, but it was very, it wasn't easy. It wasn't an easy thing to go through. But it was a blessed thing, and, and it was not everything you do in life is easy, but it's blessed. It's graced. He graced me, and I remember the day she died. My youngest, my middle daughter, she put her arms around me, and she said, Mama, you did such a good job caring for my, my grandma. You did such a good job. Now, that's not a big deal to you, but that was a big deal to me because my kids were like, they saw the strain. They saw what it was like. Yeah. And it was kind of like when I think when we get to see Jesus, he's going to say, well done, Ty. Tyron, my son, well done. Yeah. Good and faithful servant, you finished. Yeah. Because I was there when she finished, you know? And it was like I, I had that same sense. And so in our lives, in our lives, we need to understand that just because something is hard, does not mean it's not God. That's true. That's true. It's good. Okay? Yeah. I learned that. Yeah. There is enough grace for God to give you for whatever season you're in. And he graced us to manage all these changes, to have my mom 24-7, to be still caring for children, to wear all these hats and all of that because he was in it. See? Awesome. He is concerned about that. So just remember that. Those are, you know, just remember that when just, I, I want, if this is tape, son, remember, you can care for your mother when she's old. No. Good. All right. Uh, Terry or Joel, do you have anything on that? Um, I, again, just the, um, just the thing of wondering, are, are, are people okay? Because, you know, you kind of lose track of everybody. Who's online? Sure. Who's in the, who's in the building? Who's outside the building? Because we had people outside, inside, all around, For and outside. then online. And just making sure that people are cared for. Yeah. And the fear, that was a horrible thing. The fear Absolutely. that was instilled in so many people. And Absolutely. I remember I was in the grocery store, and I hadn't seen this woman in a year. She hadn't been in our church in a year. And she saw me. And... Um, she had a mask on, and I didn't. And I, you know, we were just starting to learn about this, and um, it was only after a few weeks. And I'm like, Am I, do I have to wear a mask? What's going on? And you know, it wasn't mandated yet. And she comes up to me, and so I stood away because she was like 20 years older than me. And I stood away, and I said, Hi, good.
good to see you. I haven't seen you so long. And she just looked at me, and she just lunged for me and threw her arms around me. She was in her 80s, and she had a mask on, but she just said, I need a hug. And just the thing of the fear that people need touch, they need to... Um, come together in community and and that's something that we finally figured out as a church is that no we're not going to do this <laughs> we're going to sure. gather yeah. we're going to gather however we are able sure. to we're going to provide that because people need it yeah. Yeah. bro I watched you do something cool this pandemic and it, it affected my household you you were calling young dudes all over the nation to check in with them love on them, like, how, where was that birth from? Like, tell me, tell me a bit about how that was going. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't say I've been perfect the whole way through. And, <laughs> sure. you know, I think we always will have in everything kind of, not the regret, but the what we wish we would have done more of. And I think sure. that's something that I wish I did more of mm. with more people, a little more consistently. But, yeah, I mean, it's just, I think with this partnership thing that we have, I mean, we are serious about this global partnership. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, I, I, the older I've gotten and the more I've seen it and the more I've been exposed to it, the more I've realized the biblical nature of it, but also the beauty and the joy and the privilege that we have to have what we have. I mean, this is not normal by any means, but it's right. And it's clearly in scripture. But yeah, I think just wanting to connect with people and... Mm-hmm. Just, hey, how are you doing? What's going on in your country? Like, tell me about it. And similar things, but very different things and, and all of that. But I, I, can I go a little bit more in depth? I think for me, a, a, one thing that was challenging, another thing, and we want to focus on the good, we really do. And I think in, in everything, in all of the bad and the ugly, it's like God was faithful yeah. and is faithful and has been good. And there's so much good that's come from it. But it's another challenging thing for me, I think, was how in that season of lockdown, whatever we want to call it, it was just like how quickly you can just shrink back. You know what I mean? In, in your perspective, and it becomes me, myself, and I, or me and my local family, not even local church, to be honest. I, I remember we would have, because I've got a, I got a very anointed family and myself, <laughs> but I remember we would have like, Sunday morning and we like the online church would happen and they you know recorded the Sunday morning meeting on like a Saturday night and we listened to it and it was great but then we kind of like would also have our own kind of meeting because we're like we you know we want to connect with each other in person and so the five of us the five of my family we would have a meeting on a Sunday morning and it was like I mean we had it all Josh could lead worship so well so we had the worship the worship whole team my dad could preach and minister as you guys all know well so (laughs) <laughs> so I mean we were challenged and rebuked weekly still like that that didn't stop for me enlarged yeah yeah I was I was the welcome team or something I, I, <laughs> I was uh hospitality whatever <laughs> and then Jude was kid he was the kids ministry as well as was he was leading the kids ministry and was the kids ministry so but I mean I, I remember being in that place and I was like you know what like to be honest, like, it's becoming comfortable. Like, it really is. Like, I'm growing a bit, not as much as when I'm with everyone else, but I'm, I'm, we're growing. I still feel like I'm maturing, and I'm still, still spending time with Jesus. But I noticed that, like, in my mind and in my heart and in my spirit, I could feel that shrinking. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I could feel that, that like, like, man, I'm, I'm forgetting about the big picture, and we're called to do this together, and yeah. mission-minded. It was like yeah. the mission was starting to go, and it was like the five of us, and man, we're comfortable and getting on with things, and a lot of revelation is taking place, but it's like there, there's a purpose to that, and to be yeah. transformed so we can go out, even as Chris was saying, to be the church, not just yeah. do church or have church, and so the shrinking in that season mm-hmm. and needing, like, um, just... I just remember times where I was like, you know what, like, I don't know what's going on, but I need to sort it out. Like, I need to be big picture again, mission-minded again. I can't neglect that. And we, we can forget it so easy, and we got to just keep reminding ourselves. And just, I think it's even as simple as Philippians 1, where just Paul writes, and he just says, I thank my God every time I remember you to the church of Philippi. Yeah. Because of your partnership in the gospel. And I'm like, man, it's just, it starts with that. Like, because... 
I remember you and think about you. I, I praise God for you and I pray for you guys. And it's, it just starts with keeping that heart for our partnering brothers and sisters around the world. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Terry, uh, Steve, during his preach last session, talked about settling and how this, this season could absolutely give itself to the shrinking back that Joel's speaking about. Um, we've seen ground taken in this last season. Uh, the testimonies of buildings being built, buildings being, being uh, bought, handing over a church when everything, you know, it, 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 the common sense would say, no, hold on until this thing, you know, um, how have you seen ground taken even in the handing over? Uh, and some of you guys could be thinking about that too, but I think this is very significant um, to do something so radical in such a time. How have you seen ground taken in this last season? Um, what Steve was saying about listening to the Holy Spirit and drawing into his presence, spending time with him is so important. And if we don't have that, then, um, then we do struggle with change and we do struggle with things that happen and we do struggle with the pandemic and we do struggle with, you know, um, conflict in relationships and financial disaster and all these things. But when you are um, just confident in going into the throne room of the Lord yes. <laughs> and, um, and saying that, I'm saying the throne room is with us all the time. I mean, we can go to him all the time. He's right there. And there's like just a constant conversation, constant conversation with the Lord. And you're just constantly in love with him and he's there. And it's not like, okay, I'm going to go to the throne room or I'm going to, you know, petition the Lord right now. But no, to have him just closer and closer. And I think that the older I get, the more um, vital that is. And I can't go anywhere <laughs> without the presence of the Lord. And I don't want to go anywhere without the presence of the Lord. And so that's the foundation for, you know, just... Steve and I, you know, the transition of the last, it was probably a five-year transition where he was always telling the church, um, you know, I'm not going to be here forever. We're going to be transitioning this church at some point and, you know, letting the church know, and, and, but not knowing yet. And uh, it, was toward, it was the end of um, 2019 before the pandemic. And... Um, we were praying, and I just said to Steve, I said, I think, I think it's spring. I think it's spring of 2020. Um, is that right? No, spring of 2021. <laughs> I've got my year wrong. Um, so it was the end of uh, 2020 that I was praying, and I said, I said, I think it's spring. Because we were, you know, we kept saying, okay, God, when is it? When is it? It could be six months. It could be another year, whatever. And we just said, we think it's spring. And, um, and so that, it was like, that resonated with both of us. And we said, yeah. And as we were talking to Joe and Emily, we met with them weekly and all the things. And, um, you know, just getting ready. And Steve kept saying, well, it's 70% you, Joe. And every time we meet, okay, it's 75%, it's you. And then, you know, and it was not 100%. Uh, increased yeah. measure of faith, bro. It was not 100% until he actually... You know, hands were laid and we transitioned on that Sunday morning. Yeah. But so anyway, so during this period, the transition, um, um, you know, then all of a sudden there's a pandemic and then we get COVID. Mm. And so Steve had, you know, it was all worked out. You know, OK, we have this many more weeks of preaching. This is what I want to impart to the church. This is what we're going to teach. And all of a sudden we get COVID um, in February and um, so that's, it was three Sundays we were gone, three weekends. And so Joe's, we're like, sorry, Joe, not this week. Uh, looks like not next week. Looks like not next week. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, it was like, come on, God. <laughs> this is our high point. This is, we're supposed to leave on a high point. <laughs> and, uh, and then after you get COVID, what happens is you have COVID brain for six months. <laughs> So anyway, all the things of, um, of you know, doing the transition and, and packing and moving and all this stuff during this fog. 
But you know what? God is faithful and he's yeah. sovereign. And it doesn't matter. Why? Because it's not about us. So it did not matter one yeah. bit um, that God spoke and we moved forward. And you know what? I, I tell people all the time, I said, um, we don't have one bit of looking back or longing or, oh, our church or, you know, oh, I wish we were still there or, oh, you know, those were the good old days. You know, we have not had one second of that. We, it was the right time and it was the right person, the right team, and God has blessed it and brought fruit and they're doing awesome and our church is flourishing and going further. And uh, we're just happy to be able to come and visit <laughs> and, and see the people because we love the people. Yes. You know, we love the people. So, awesome. so anyway, yeah, pandemic, it was, yeah. it was like that wouldn't have been my choice. Sure. Sure. But, you know, yeah. God is God. But the celebration <laughs> was amazing. I mean, for those of us who were able to witness and see this, this legacy and this handoff, I mean, there was hundreds and hundreds of people there. Um, it was it was powerful to see what the Lord is doing and what a wonderful celebration. So, um, Charlotte, did you have something? I want to tag on to yeah. that a little bit. <clears throat> it was interesting during, we've been praying into Cuba for a lot of years and people know that. And we were wanting to go to Cuba and we were making plans to go to Cuba and we were making plans to go to South Africa and we were making plans to go to Haiti and all of a sudden those plans stopped. But God opened Cuba to us during the pandemic. Wow. There was a, Chris sent over, someone reached out on NCMI, so Marlon reached out to this guy, and, and um, I learned how to use Zoom. Yay. Anyway, and my husband's been meeting with this pastor, he leads 23 churches over there, and they've been meeting monthly on Zoom, and so during the pandemic, I mean, we, and when they had the revolution, he continued talking to him and all of that and you know they had 43 pastors disappear we were able to pray about that 20 of them have a comeback they found but some of them just disappeared during the revolution and i thought god you're awesome you know when paul was in prison he wrote two-thirds of the new testament mm. right mm. you're awesome during a pandemic you're opening cuba to us mm. you know i mean who would have thought? Yeah, you know, sure. I don't really like technology, to be honest. Mm. But I have been so grateful for it. Mm, you true. know, and to have those monthly meetings. We're yeah. developing a relationship with these people yeah. that um, would not have been established. And, and here with the revolution, who knows when we're going to actually get in there. Mm. But they're having encouraging times, Marlon's, you know, words. And just it's just been really cool. And so don't limit God. He can open a nation to you even during pandemic. Chris, can you speak into that before we get into our next question? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have a unique perspective in that, um, working with Tyron, part of my role is communications globally. And, uh, so ground gain during this time, you would think we'd just pull back and wait for everything to blow over. But the excitement that I have in, in me and us is, you know, guys planted churches in, uh, in Ireland in Scotland in areas of South Africa, uh, around the world, guys are just going with what God's telling them. They can't get to other nations, but they're going where God is calling them. And so we have taken ground. And the amazing thing that I think dawned on us all is the world needs hope. And we, ha we are the carriers of that hope. And so, you know, watching guys go to Ireland, and, um, and this kind of ties into one of your other questions, this thing of partnership. You know, the guys are in Ireland. The guy is a, some sort of a scientist, and he's walking dogs to pay the bills because he's not a citizen. And we just let people know around the world, hey, be praying for these guys. We didn't mention anything of that. Next thing you know, other churches around the world saying, hey, we've got a fund put aside just for this. How can we help you? How can we support you? So it's not just guys going out and hoping for the best. It's guys in partnership, going where God has led them, taking ground, advancing his kingdom, reaching communities. Wow. And for us personally, we felt about a year and a half ago, it was time for us to, to step out and look to plant again. And in walking in, in partnership with Redemption City, uh, coming on to eldership, and we've planted a site in the south of Denver. Uh, I guess this January will be a year. We were doing it at night. And now this Sunday, tomorrow, will be five weeks of doing it in the morning. Just stepping into what God has said because the need hasn't lessened. Yeah. Just the circumstances have. God's purpose hasn't changed. 
just the circumstances have. Mm -hmm. So it's been a privilege and a pleasure to watch so many take ground yes. and to, to step into that call ourselves. Yeah. Absolutely. Well done. Yeah, please, Ty. You know, just there was a prophetic word that came from someone in, in Canada when this pandemic hit. And, and they said they saw hundreds of ships kind of and boats go into the harbor in a season to get restored and to fixed up and all that. But they said hundreds of boats went, ships went in. But after this, this season, thousands of ships came out. And we really held on to that saying, like, it, it, although we weren't able to do what we were doing and gather, like, and we've seen that, honestly, that as over the season, God has multiplied churches, people, people got saved, people have been healed, more partnerships have come. And you can't script this. You just can't. It's isolating, but God's multiplying. And we have seen as things begin to open again, thousands have come out when hundreds have gone in. And so it's just God is doing this. He doesn't need us to meet for this to happen. He just needs us to keep doing what He's called us to do. And, and so we have seen that. I just want to encourage you, stay in that place of multiplication. And, and God is doing this. And, and He allows this, as we keep saying, but we are seeing more come out of this than what went in. And you wouldn't believe that, but it's true. And the church is stronger today than it's ever been. And globally, people are more on board and there's more relationship. And I, I just, like, even the stuff, we don't put a lot of stuff out. We never used to. I'm like these other guys where we don't want to sell our thing or put our thing out there. We're just kind of under the radar. A lot of people meet us and say, gee, NCMI, it's like the America's best kept secret. You know, why are you such a secret? And we're like, well, we're not trying to be a secret, but we're not promoting our ministry. And they're like, yeah, that's cool, but we need to hear about what God's doing. And so... This pandemic forced us, forced me to have to put stuff publicly that I would just be sharing with our guys. And since that, God has brought people who found what we talk about, what we believe, and say, we want to be part of that. Yeah. And so God's even used this that forced us online in NCMI to now have churches in America partnering with us. Because they found our stuff online because we were forced to be online because of the shutdown. So God is definitely multiplying. So it's good news. Um, that leads to my next question. But I, Steve Sudworth, as in, in his um, session, was talking about how it starts as an individual, but then it goes to local, and then it goes local church, and it goes to um, partnership. And so if, if we know this thing of... As an individual, we were never meant to walk this walk alone. Um, the same thing for us as local churches. We're, we're not meant to walk and, and do this thing alone as, as an isolated local church. And so my question to this panel is um, how or what role has partnership played in this lockdown for you? And, and, and what has been you know, kind of the benefit of that, of knowing that you're not alone. Maybe you guys have some examples of, hey, what this has meant to you, of being in partnership uh, with uh, a translocal team, with the churches represented in this room and beyond, and really how has that manifested in this last season for you guys? Yeah, yeah. yeah I think for me, it's, I mentioned it in the last thing I said, but it's partnership is, it's been everything for us. I mean, really, we, like I said, we carry every local church that we're in partnership in prayer like they're our own local church. And so, I mean, even it's been so cool for us as, as Redemption City Church back home, even doing like every now and then, we have, we have prayer meetings every Wednesday night. Mm. And like every now and then we'll hop on a Zoom call, FaceTime call, Skype, whatever, whatever you want to call it, but with another partnering church somewhere in the world. And Sometimes it's been U.S. churches, and sometimes it's been, I mean, even last week we, we did one with Russ and Mary Doty in, um, in Tasmania, and Redemption Hills Church in, in Tasmania, Australia. And it's just like, I mean, this is stuff that I don't think we would have been doing before the pandemic. But it's like, I, we've seen how people in our local church have begun and are continuing and are growing and catching that heart of, man, this is partnership. This is... This is deeper than like an equip once a year or a global equip every five years. This is like, mm. like we, 
We're, fr- we're friends. We're partners in the gospel. And partnership is not what can you get. It's, mm. it's always what can you give. And if, if, it, if you're in it for what can you get, you're, you're what we like to call a parasite. <laughs> mm. And we, we're not looking for parasites. We're in it for partners. So what, what can each of us give to each other to better advance the gospel so that Jesus can ultimately come back sooner and we can be with him forever? So I think for... For us, partnership is everything. It really is. We live, breathe, sleep, eat partnership. And it's not just because my dad says it and it's cool. It's not because Chris works for NCMI and he's around me all the time. Yeah, my dad is cool. <laughs> but but it's, 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 big. It's, it's real for us. And so yes. we want to say to all of you guys, we hope that you have caught the bigness of what we're a part of. And it's not, again, it's not for us. It's for him. It really is for him. Amen. And it's still small in comparison to him, but it's what God's called us to do. And we're so grateful for it. And, and I think just the power of prayer, to be honest. And this is, it's never about a man, but, you know, having the privilege to work with Tyron and, and the pain of sitting on a Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting. Um, <laughs> well, he gets to talk. I just stare. Yeah, yeah. But uh, take notes. What? But I just want to say, you know, I've watched so many churches and guys honestly struggle around the world. Yeah. Guys ready to throw in the towel, ready to give up just because it's, it's hard. Yeah. And if you're leading through this, know that. Yeah. But also watch God use Tyron and the apostolic gift that he is mm. to simply bring clarity and discernment at a time when it's so essential. Yeah. I've watched him share what God's saying, not with his ideas and stuff, but what God's saying. And I've watched entire regions just kind of come out of a daze and get on with the call. Mm. Um, I think many guys probably never said, I, I was debating on whether to stay in this, but they heard what God was saying through the apostolic gift. And they not only kept on course, they started taking ground. Yeah. And so I just want to encourage all of us, having led a church as a partnering guy, being part of a local church, stepping back out into that, that apostolic gift is so key to help us all keep our focus yes. on the right things. Right. No matter what the circumstances are, right. the clarion call of God remains. And uh, I just, you know, I commend Tyron and the team for just carrying on with what God has because mm. it has allowed the work of God to continue globally and will do so moving forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just to talk about partnership generally, um, I think that God is always about community and bringing people in and joining with people and collaborating and um, having peers in the ministry and um, being part of the bigger. And Steve and I went up to Placerville 22 years ago to take over this church, and we went down to Southlands once a month for a partnering time with other um, elders and stuff. And sometimes um, the meeting would just be a lunch or, you know, nobody would be speaking or anything, but it was worth it. It was like our lifeline because we went up there. We had no peers. We had no, nobody else in ministry that um, we met with. And so we would either fly down once a month or drive down once a month. And it was so worth it just to be around peers. You're going through the same thing. You have the same issues, the same questions, um, just... And you're getting something, but you're giving something. And yeah. it's, you know, community is being, is, uh, being known and knowing others. Yes, and, uh, yes. and so we're not isolated, and yeah. we shouldn't be isolated. Um, you know, I think isolation is a tool of the enemy. So if it works as an individual, it works in your family. You don't want your family isolated, you know, just our little family. But, you know, your local church and then the bigger. So it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And mm-hmm. God has called us to partner with each other, partner with our husbands, partner with our family, our church, and then the uh, translocal apostolic coming in. So it's always good. And uh, I, and the Zoom calls, I didn't participate in all of them <laughs> or most of them <laughs> because, yeah, anyway. But I'll tell you what, when I did, and you see all these little squares with all these faces that you know, it's like, I know them. They're my family. I love them. These are my people. And uh, so it's a wonderful thing that we have bigger. There's bigger than us. It's not just us. You're not just going through this alone. I mean, of course you have God, but he gave you the church. He gave you people. 
Just one thing real quick. The Zooms were great. I mean, Ty did a really good job. I think in some ways we were more connected. Uh, it, was, it was really good. But I also noticed that locally, uh, even in our region, we connected. Uh, we connected with each other. We'd call each other. I had people praying for different situations. I mean, I mean, when you guys got COVID, you know, we went and then we were like, we need a plan if we get COVID, you know? Um, I mean, it was the Harpers. I mean, we <clears throat> really leaned on each other during that time. And, um, and we had times with redemption that were just super powerful. And even the coffees that we were managing when they opened it enough that we could have coffee. You know, I mean, that doesn't seem like a big deal, but when you haven't had coffee together, it's a big deal, right? And that's the value of partnership because people were in the war together. We were all in it together. And even though we didn't always see everything the same way, that's the good thing. Challenge each other. You need to think a little different. You know what I mean? Because we need one another. I mean, look at that person sitting next to you and say, I need you. Even if I don't like you, I need you. Even if I don't know I need you, I need you, man. And that's what it showed. That's right. Awesome. All right. Hey, we are going to end with this question. Um, and it, if maybe a two sentence answer. So, uh, so it, 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 it's okay. Cause we, we're, we're going to end on time. We're going to be good. Um, what was the greatest revelation you received in this last season? Two sentences, not a preach, two sentences. What is, yeah. What, it, what was not, not run, not run on. So use, use no commas. No okay. comments. <laughs> The greatest revelation I had was that, two sentences, the greatest revelation is what's coming, that there's, there's a revival on the horizon, yeah, and yet just might start in California oh, again. Come on, come on, come on, yeah, <laughs> I'll receive that, and yeah, absolutely. And it's going to be dripping with mercy and grace. Yeah. yeah. My greatest revelation is the fact that we need to be intentional as believers in, uh, in preaching the gospel and discipling others and bringing others to Jesus. It is it's so important, and people are dying. People are dying. If you have a loved one, a father, mother, brother, sister, friend, someone, and you say, I feel so horrible that they're, um, they're, they haven't come to the Lord, talk to them. Do something about it. Let yes. the door open yes. and talk to them and yeah. bring them to the Lord. Absolutely. My greatest revelation, which I've learned and I'm still learning time and time again, is that Jesus Christ is unchanging. Yeah. We've seen that in, in this day and age with everything we've been through, how everything in one instant changed forever. Mm. Forever. It, it's like this will never be the same. That will never be the same. You're not the same person that you were last time I saw you a few years ago. And there's nothing wrong with that. Hopefully you become more like Jesus and me too, but everything changes all the time. But just that text in Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And so the unchanging nature of Christ in this ever-changing culture, just cling to that, live in that. Your position's going to change. Your life will change constantly. Just cling to Jesus. He's unchanging. To be anchored in something that doesn't change, it's like that's where our security and our hope affirmation, everything comes from that, from in Christ. Yeah, building on those things, uh, the call never changes either. Yeah. Call doesn't change no matter the circumstances. And I think one thing in it for me that stood out was to invest in people. Yeah. Don't waste your time on anything else. Invest in people in Christ and see what God will do. Awesome.